0: that it be good, old boys.
1: I'm Mark. Bobby. Fredo. Okay, so... Mm. Nah, so, got it? <laughs> um,
2: you guys <laughs> go first. It.
1: I was like, I'm insulted that two people think that that was my <laughs> pick for a song.
2: It's funny because before you came in, I, I I had I had never heard of this band, and so I said so I had made the I had made the intro theme thing without even listening to it. So I said, "I'm afraid to our wait let's listen see what this is." And I put it on, and he goes, "What the? Fuck? Fredo's like that's awful."
0: Oh, uh, <laughs> it's it's good, but part is um. So that's Carpenter Brut. Um, yeah, yeah, not a fan. That's kind of a that's a, a partially a toast to Hellbilly elegy. I know you really likes those guys and um
2: Yeah, it does yeah, it's an assistant wheelhouse.
0: Just for the great uh uh, uh great X Files episode last, last week. I thought it was um I don't know. It was it was very uh cathartic. Um does that word come
1: from the cathars?
2: <laughs> I don't think so.
1: No, it's from the Greek catharsis. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, there's sort of like these emerging words where people say, like, uh, you, you know, he's acting very Caucasian, stuff like that. You know what I mean? Uh, you know. yeah,
1: well, there, I can't, I don't even think I could say this, even though it's not a swear word. There's a word that comes from, I think, Norwegian that means you're cheap. Uh, it has no like, uh, like historical connection to the N word in the United States, but it yeah. sounds like it. Uh, so like, you're not allowed to use it, even though it has nothing to do with that at all whatsoever. Yeah,
0: there's, um, yeah. Okay. That word in like the 2010s was picking off like one or two, <laughs> like 75 year old English professors, like, uh, like a month. You know
1: what I mean? Do <laughs> you remember this? Oh, I remember it. Cause when it started happening, Like, so in the nineties, like I remember my high school teacher said it in class and he's like, it's important. We talk about this because this is not a curse word and I don't want you guys thinking it's a curse word or that it has anything to do with like a racial slur. He like, it was like a big hobby horse thing for, he was like one of these old school, like teacher professor type dudes. You know what I mean? That would have cared about something like that. Yes
0: yes it, it, this was always english professors that just like um they were so old they never got the memo and um
2: there was a dc city councilman that they went after for this i remember that uh, in the 90s when i was a kid yeah that was really funny that you could you could say the word in class and you can get in trouble
0: yeah i'm glad ziggurat still safe though you know that's, a, that's a, i like that word. <laughs> uh so but yeah uh that that episode was, was very cathartic felt like a uh a good milestone because like it was the we finally got the article that came out that that's that sort of said um what we were saying they were saying there was an article that came out in cbr and you can listen to the episode but it, it says like uh they're remaking the x-files well they're gonna have to be very careful because uh the x-files is a reactionary show and it, and it draws and it, and it sort of paints the federal police in a in a bad light, and you know this is this is dangerous misinformation. It's like thank God, you know this. this, Of course, of of course it is, and you could find, uh, you you could find Chris Carter saying that in in books and stuff, um, but nobody listened.
2: Well, like what he what he what they said about the show is stuff stuff that people said about other shows, which is like oh well, both sides got mad at us, you know, but really. When they say that, what they mean is like, yeah, our show was too right wing because nobody, like, nobody cares if your show is too progressive and they never have.
0: Yeah. In the, in the official X-Files guide season one, uh, there's, there's sort of this little interview piece with, with Chris Carter and they, and, um, it says somebody, somebody and Chris Carter brings up, he says, somebody accused me of the, of this, this show being left wing. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. This show is, is reactionary as hell. And
1: um, it's clearly obvious, but anyways. But um, that was that was a change over time, though, right? Because like traditionally, being skeptical of the CIA or the FBI or whatever that was a left wing thing, right? Because you had like, uh, you know, like let's say people that were real in the civil rights movement in the '60s, right? They, I mean, they would at least on the surface hate those organizations and say real bad stuff about them. Like
0: I know, so that. You know, I, I certainly wouldn't call um I certainly wouldn't call like the of those guys like right wingers and stuff, but what is absolutely true, I mean so the, the funny like the, the peak moment and this is this really didn't have to this really had to do with the Vietnam War. Uh but like you know, um you know when you play like those paradox games, when you have a war, there's like a button you push that's like start oppressing the F out of anybody that's against the war. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah. And uh,
0: yeah. And so uh at the peak of this, the whatever whatever the civil rights organization that uh, Martin Luther King headed, which it wasn't the NAACP or something, but it was like I don't know Southern
2: something, shoot, I can't even
0: remember now. It was officially listed by the FBI as a hate organization, which is that, that that's like hilarious. That, although I'm guessing that maybe like the black Hebrew Israelites and stuff could probably make those lists for like SPLC. I doubt that. the F. I don't know if the FBI still does hate organization lists and stuff. They just outsource yeah, that.
1: They don't like the black Hebrew Israelites because it screws with their coalition. You yeah. know what I mean? Because like <laughs> they, they, the black Hebrew Israelites will get certain other parts of the democratic party coalition all riled up and they, they want, they need all their coalition members to play nice.
0: Yeah, the problem with with them is it's regional politics, and the FBI is a federal politics game. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I think I think yeah, all, yeah. like all that stuff. Like there is a lot of sort of ethnic racial conflict in New York City for a long time, and um, yeah, that this sort of mess of things. But anyways, um, yeah, someone so someone asked about uh, the this kind of that kind of music. So um, I just want to say real quick. So there was like. Everyone knows there's this big kind of music called like chip tunes and stuff. Now, I think this existed before it even actually existed. A couple- I don't
2: know what chip tunes are.
0: Nope. I was just about to say. I have no clue what a chip tune is. It's like the a peak chip tune would be you. So in the old before. What would be the last system that had an FM synthesizer? Uh, l-
2: let me
1: let me let me try. Oh yeah. oh, like oh, so you mean like the music from like a NES game or something?
2: Yes, exactly. Like, right. Okay,
1: I can get with that. I But like
2: playing Pizza Time on your on your computer, your computer in 1988 and the little I got you. Computer, that's what that is. They made the stuff, those. They made the music stuff. Is, with
0: that the stuff is kind of made into pop music a little bit. So like and like so you you could just be an independent chip tune artist and basically. You use a program, or you just actually take the chip out of an NES or Genesis or something like that, and you you sort of put it in a MIDI or thing or whatever. So you're using like a, it as a keyboard.
2: There are uh, shoot, there's a there's a, a word for this program, and it's they've been huge since the 90s. Uh, there's there, there's a kind of program that you do to like you literally program the music, right? Like yeah. You're, you're like uh, there's a word for this anyway. There, there's a, a guy who does a lot of these really deep dive. Autistic studies of of like early, like early computer stuff, but he did a big thing about you can look it up about chip tunes and the in the, in the history of, of people making them. It's, it's I, I don't recommend you look it up because it's it's kind of silly and pointless, but you know it's also fun. <coughs> you know, well, if, 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 the, the way you would know about chip tunes is if you downloaded illegal uh, pirated software, they would put that. In, in like the chip tune in the in the program, like when you ran it, when you were installing it, or whatever, or, or you cracking the serial key—that that was where it really picked up, right?
0: Yeah, there. You know, there was a famous um, it was a famous rap producer. God, I can't think of his name, but um, he was huge in like the two thousands and stuff like that, and uh, he had all these hits, and he was getting all the melodies from his hits from those those crackware intros. <laughs> <laughs>
1: was <laughs> like,
2: like sampling to a new level.
0: I mean, like he would just take the melody. Like, what's he going to do? Is is um the cult of the dead cow going to sue me? You know, these people they they steal software for a living. They also write some nice tunes. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know what he's talking about, Fred. But basically, we used to download pirated software. At the very you'd open the program that that would crack the key. They would put a little ditty with it. Yeah, cult of the dead cow. That was better of guys, right? Yeah, and called the dead cow didn't actually pirate software. Pirate software was like Fairlight and stuff like that. But um, yeah. So anyways, you just stole. It, it, it's like if it, it, you know, it's like stealing from the mafia or something. They can't call the police. You know. Uh, so the, <laughs> you, know you know
2: what?
1: The, sorry, you go ahead, Merrick.
2: Obviously, the program that you used to make those are called trackers for whatever reason. I just looked it up. Hmm. Well. What? This reminds
1: me of phone freaking. Do you got? Do you guys remember that? Like, hear about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Captain Crunch whistle. But so, and like this, I I think that there's been people. So like, I definitely like when I first heard like great music on like. uh, First off, this is one of the things I feel bad about. I don't know how much Zoomers have gotten out of have gotten this, but like you know now, all these different consoles are just the the same thing. They just they're just they all have the same architecture. They're
2: They're a computer. Like if if, if your like your PlayStation or whatever is really just a computer like a, it's a computer it's a computer that has a very specific set of hardware. It's 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 not like it, it's not like fundamentally a, a Nintendo and a eighty eighty six were just diff- completely different machines. You can't really yeah. say that about like a PlayStation Five and a desktop computer. They are kind of the same thing now.
0: Yeah, and so that was something that was it was just a really nice thing back in the day where like. Uh, a super nintendo and a genesis like they're just they're not the same thing you can't do the same things on the same on the, the same system and this this goes on and on and it's it's one of those things where like you know the limitations produce uh i, I don't know that they just have like a character of their own because they're they're just like in now they all generally they all will have like every single computer video game system from like each era will all have the same processor but then what makes it its own is like all all the add-on stuff so that's like the eighty eighty six, and you know all that that stuff like that but anyways it was just a really nice thing but i don't I, i like as soon as i heard that stuff like um you know i always talk about i'm this big gamer i love games what i really like is i like video game music i don't really play much games anymore but i like i still listen to video game music all the time and i really like that just sort of really raw nasty like square wave sound from these like really basic um really basic chips it's kind of like when 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 guitar distortion first came out people were like wow that's a really it's a really cool sound um i remember like i wanted this before it was available i remember like the first out like like what i really wanted like outside of chip tunes was like this real glitchy nasty synthesizer sound like the first album i can remember where i got a lot of that was like the nine inch nails wish that, i think that was the name of the album you, uh, are you guys into that <clears throat> no. no
2: that we was really electronic nice music or, or uh, what was that industrial whatever that stuff was oh. yeah
0: yeah, that was really nice. And like the thing is, he like he was a huge gamer, and so this is this is the same. Like this is where he got that sound in his head. I t- there was a um, I don't know if people could get it up. There was a Atari twenty six hundred game called Reactor, and it just has this like if you got the if you if you like got the ear for it, it's kind of like like in distorted guitar. I mean, it just sounds so good. Um, and it was just a really basic game. That was that was where he got the that was where he got this. Bugging him because we we were all sort of wanting this. Uh, you know, he, he of course made the soundtrack to Quake, and it was amazing. It was really good. Um, I know you listened to that, Merrick. Uh listen to what? Quake one soundtrack.
2: I am gonna expose myself. I never played Quake. What? I played Doom and stuff, but I never played How Quake, I never dare played you. any of the Quake games. You should you should remember that. I never I just never played it. Wait for one thing, I didn't buy i I didn't buy a, a a computer with like a graphics card for like a long time after. Other I could see had that.
0: Yeah. yeah, if you had no graphics card, that, that that could have that could have done it. Yeah, you didn't really need one to play um, that.
2: I remember anyway, the first one I bought because I spent so. Like, it was, like, when you're young and you're 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 earning money, like you know stuff like that hurts. It was a Diamond Viper card, and I was like so happy about this little piece of crap silicon that cost me like, you know, two days worth of my hard labor
0: and you know that's how, in, that's how going to
2: the grocery store feels now by the way
0: prices. <laughs> and in hindsight um 3d video was a mistake <laughs> it was uh the video games they started to look like total like all the pixel stuff was getting so beautiful yeah around the time like sega saturn and playstation and um
2: what was it ultima seven i think was just like a, a really good looking game
1: yeah, I always thought the Neo Geo games looked good as hell. Like, you know oh, what I mean, yeah. like the way yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Um yeah, people are saying Bolt gun the new 40k boomer shooter is is like this. Uh yeah, people were passing around this this sort of gif of um uh one of this late late pixel era street fighter games called um Pocket Fighter. And the 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 caption was like uh, it was a woman, she was like um this is how I approach a man. And like in the little gif it's just this beautiful art and you know what makes p- pixel art beautiful is that someone has to draw it you have to have like an artist like an artist that can like uh like a real artist because there's no like in, when you when you do 3d graphics you're just sort of it's there's no art you, you could just sort of you're just putting you're just sort of like oh this is the model of a clock it's this size this is how many this is how many uh sort of shapes we can add to it. but in, in this little beauty you could just see how how and all these people got fired, all that stuff they just got rid of it. Like it basically well, look, yes.
2: Forget. Yes, they did, but that's back now. Because of like uh of like, you know, steam and that stuff. It is. Pixel games are incredibly are, are incredibly popular and it's way for regular like regular people can can It is, do but that. they just don't
0: have the talent. Like back then like they were paying they they had like you know, the most talent, they had like very talented people drawing this stuff. You know what I'm saying?
2: Eh, I don't know about that I think that I think that probably by now probably by now here's the thing man I remember when uh I can't remember which game anyway it was it was the early days of like what we would call modding and there were a lot of people who were producing stuff that was just legitimately better than the stuff that the studios put out because here's the thing all right if you're uh if you're wild man astronaut Richard Garriott and you're doing Ultima 7 part two or whatever you're on a, you have a time constraint like very specifically, uh, you know, EA is going to break your kneecaps if you don't get your game out by Christmas. The guy who's like making whatever this passion project in his garage, he can do. He can sit there and do that for five years. A lot of this stuff probably has more manpower put into it than. And like, as for well, they have the talented artists. I don't know. Really, do you think so? Like yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: I, I mean, disagree. like, and I'm, I'm so like, you know, the people like the beeps and boops and like Mario Brothers, like, uh, you know, they're paying some they like the person that was doing that, like, could like, you know, uh, was like writing sym- symphonies and stuff.
2: Well, like that. here, here's how I characterize this, and what was impressive about that was not what they were doing, it was that what they were working with, and it's kind of like you know, getting to the moon in 1969 was hard. You were. Flying a plane that had like, a, sorry, if you're flying a spaceship that had the computing power of, I don't know, uh, like like a, like one billionth of a cell phone, right? Like a, a, a modern calculator has as much processing power as this thing did, and you fly it all the way to the, to the moon and land on it, versus landing on the moon today. Like, yeah, it's still it's still not an easy thing to do, but with the technology that we have, it's going to be a lot less impressive. So, like, if you're making a pixel video game today, and, like, there are a lot of people on here who have made, really pop, like, really popular independent games where, like, there was just one guy. He did everything. He drew the little pixels. He did the music. He coded everything. It was, like, his project all by himself. That's impressive for the effort, but it's less impressive than, like, okay, I'm the the Japanese guy who has to try to figure out how to make Mario be a character that stands out when he's like 10 pixels tall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. That's that, that like you you take a genius and you limit him to these pixels. Beautiful things happens, but but yeah, I don't know. It was just a beautiful thing that these like, so these systems, they had like a synthesizer. They had like a machine that, that sort of created sound. They didn't just play sound. They had to create sound. And, um it was really beautiful all that died when you had CDs come out basically they were just uh the
2: the, the worst crime they ever did and I've complained to you many times about this because there was recently a uh, a tie fi- somebody ported tie fighter from what x-wing versus tie Fighter, right when uh-huh. were, I bought it and never played I haven't still haven't played it but the the uh-huh. Lucas, like Lucas, did crazy stuff in the '90s with, uh, in, in the late '80s with their computer, uh, with their computer game department. They developed a modular system that would basically it would have musical, it would it would have like musical, what's the word, like hits, right? And you know, if if your guy if your guy is walking in the the jungle, it, it kind of flows into a jungle kind of sound, and then it it was like a
0: like a cinematic AI.
2: Right. And the game, the, so the game tie, TIE Fighter, which is like one of the greatest games. In,
0: in, Somebody did a post the other day that was like post four of the greatest games ever made. And I put TIE Fighter
2: on there. It, it, it's got to be on there. It was amazing. And one of the things it would do is, it would, you know, if you're in your little TIE Fighter and uh, uh, Darth Vader's uh, Star Destroyer. Comes in, it would it would like flow into this like da 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 thing dynamically. And it would happen. It wasn't scripted or anything. When they redid the game and re-released it on CD, instead of they got rid of that system, which was awesome, and replaced it with just this fucking John Williams music track that played in the background, and it it just played the same shit no matter what you were doing. Uh, are you are you the last guy alive and you're trying to fight of uh, you know 15 X-wings by yourself? Music sounds exactly the same as it does if you're, you know, you're winning. That's uh, that really sucks. Like, like that was the way, and, and this is the microcosm of what they did to games back then, and what happened to, like, actually what happened to film when sound was first popularized. Like, the, everybody kind of agrees the quality of movies went into the shitter for several years after the the, talk, the talkies appeared, because you suddenly went from you had this new technology that was kind of crappy and people were plugging in using it as a gimmick and also you didn't have to think this hard anymore. There's a great scene in the the ninety nineteen ninety movie Chaplin that stars Robert Downey Jr. where like he, he spent he spends like a good t- 10 minutes of the movie time trying to figure out how do I make this character this blind character think that uh, the the Charlie Chaplin tramp character's rich? Like how do you do that if she can't see and you don't have sound in your in your movie? Like you think about that for a minute. That's that's a tough thing to do. Like you have to think up something really creative, and that's what he did. And that those limitations sometimes create better art, and you know, entertainment, games, whatever. I mean, in your life too, if you're you want to get philosophical about it, like you know, if you're gonna you want to be all Marcus Aurelius.
0: No, that's a be- That's a beautiful point. I mean, you could really all bad movies now. You get these expository dumps of information you know what i mean yeah yeah and if 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 they, if like wow i thinking, gosh that would look really bad to have um you know like nine pages of of of, of crappy dialogue on you know written out on the screen you know because it's, it's a it's before talkie or whatever
2: i mean one of the things oh. I, I it's like if it the one really nice thing about youtube is that you can go through and there are people who are like just really love film film analysis stuff and i don't mean like the neck beard like what are the implications of whatever in this like there's this guy who who would do he would do like i guess 15 minute videos about just really famous directors and he did one on buster keaton and even had some interviews with buster keaton And, and he was saying that like one of the things that he did when he started directing was and back then they had the title cards right if you wanted somebody to say something in the silent movie you had to pop up a little card that had stuff written on it and he said you know they would do 15 like the average movie would do 15 of them and he would put like three in his because the more like the more you have to pop that little thing up there you're failing you've kind of admitted that you can't you organically tell the story in a way people understand so you have to just throw this exposition at them now that's like that's a, real, a more obvious thing because you don't you don't want to have three seconds of dead air where people are reading crap on the screen, but that's what every popular movie does now. And like, it's so paint—it's so paint by the numbers. If you're watching like Marvel Cape movie, you can almost predict the dialogue lines that they're going to do, like the little snarky, like, "Oh, well, that's a thing that just happened." You know that crap. If you're leaning on that, you're—you know—you're—I don't know. You—you you, you and I talked about this years, years and years ago. You were way ahead of the curve on this. Like you are ahead of the curve on a lot of things that you were saying. They, I think it was the thing was that Star Wars remake. You said they've really come down with a a like a, a template to make a movie that's that's okay, right? That, that like an entertaining movie that people will watch and pay money to see. They're not good movies. You forget about them 15 seconds after you leave the theater. But they really found this this you know this mold to to, to keep turning this crap out.
1: Yeah. That part of the bell curve, they know it's not going to be like a desert because you have to to make something truly great. You have to take the risk that it's going to be really terrible, right? Yeah. That, that that's look. I don't know jack about movies. You're the movie guy, but I just know that about anything else.
0: Yeah, like you have to you have to explain um, uh, Luke Skywalker and Leia and Leia kissing in your first film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I remember. I still remember. Like I remember this so well i remember walking out of the theater watching star wars episode three and uh i, w- I was not bored at any point while i was watching it but do you, like wait, do
2: you mean a prequel one
0: sorry nine got gotcha. N- nine yeah good catch so nine so like yeah if i was watching three or something i would be sort of oh, i'm bored now oh okay. but nine i walked i remember i got I, like the movie ended i had to i had to sort of book it or whatever but like um movie ended i stand up and there was this moment where i was like um like i felt like i was a cat i had been a cat chasing a laser pointer for the past two hours like there was no point where i was bored i don't remember anything that just happened you know what i'm saying it was just like i uh, uh, like like i was like i don't know like i was I, 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 like i was um they could they could have been like yeah. programming my brain with propaganda or something but like
2: i wasn't bored i don't remember
1: any of it and i'm out is nine a disney one without george lucas mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that it's, was the first
2: one the first <laughs> one was at them by the way our, our boy big al uh helped that that guy I was talking about makes youtube videos it's called every frame of painting I suggest I I do suggest you go you go watch his videos. There's a lot of good ones. He's a really good one about David Fincher movies, which I I, I really enjoyed. Sorry I mean to interrupt.
0: Yeah, I mean, and so the 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 last thing about this is just to tie into something that's relevant. So, and we've talked about this before. I mean, this is this is kind of like it sounds like we're just bullshit, but this is kind of a recurring theme of the show. So we talk about with this music, right? So with music, uh, what drives how we what drives music is that oh, wow, you know, um, uh, hey, this guy invented speakers, so we don't actually have to pay all these trumpet players and drum and people and stuff like that. We could just pay, like, four guys and use microphone. Oh, that's great. And then, you know, later it's like, we don't need to pay four guys. We could just pay, like, a guy with a guitar or a DJ or something. And, this are, and you know, I, this isn't like a – I'm not saying we have to – this this is the point where a leftist would be like, we have to destroy the the – the capitalist system so that this doesn't happen because you know why is this happening because it's it's money I mean I mean and it's, it's not like a, it's, there's not an evil conspiracy so I worked in a bar I worked with the guy that, that sort of booked bands and it's like well do I book uh, a six piece band or a guy or one guy with a guitar well um, I have a lot of, I have a good chance of losing a lot of money if I book that six piece band and nobody comes out uh, where I, I'll be fine with the one guy um, and so that sort of drives and you know the obvious thing here is ai and everybody knows it so <laughs> this yeah. is this is the been the, the the you know it's weird like in the old days i think when you have sort of primitive labor organizing it was like we'll go on strike and the thing is like we want health insurance or money that would be generally how this how that would work right i don't think there was a lot of yeah. like Obscure requests and stuff, and then now you have like a you know you have these bullshit ones where like uh you know we're uh we're the writers for the Onion and we're gonna strike until there's there's drag queen story time or some bulls like that. You know I I don't know I don't know how to deal with that, but now you have like so uh the the latest writer strike and they're they're not wrong to do this. You know they're they're thinking the same thing we've been talking about. They're thinking why do I want to pay all these writers? be a lot cheaper to pay an ai. Now, and people are saying like, well, it's not going to be as good. The thing is, that don't matter. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Uh making money, there's cost and there's cost and profit. There,
1: there's Yeah, there's I all- mean, that's why they went to reality TV, you know the yes. story behind it, yes. right? Because it just didn't cost them anything to make. Yes. Yeah,
2: we we might talk about this a little bit the next when we're we're hopefully getting back into the into the uh, studio with our boy Hellbilly on Thursday, and we want to talk a little bit about the strike. Uh, you know that reality TV came about because this was a, th- a cheap and easy thing you could do when you- we didn't have writers. The the I think it's act. There's actually a da- I mean, that's danger because it doesn't really matter. But like there's a there's a possibility this could be much much worse with it with the AI stuff. And here's here's a good example of it. You guys have he- probably heard about this like little scandal that pops up every once in a while when people remember it. There's a U- there are YouTube content creators that make kids stuff and they're basically I don't know if they're literally AI generated yet, but they might as well be. It's just like here's Captain America and Snoopy and they're dancing and it it, it, it makes no sense, but it's just like images and and things are happening that involve characters that kids know and this is a, a a little cottage industry for the for some of these companies and, and some of them mixing inappropriate stuff but if you think about how people interact with media now and you can't really say tv and movies cause a lot by of the people- way the funny thing about that is the only reason
0: those survive is that they uh they get the algorithm does my play next they say you just watched a video on spider-man well here's yeah. more spot yeah anyway
2: yeah, yeah. Here's Spoderman, Yeah, uh, the thing is, people don't. Okay, if if it's 1950, whatever, and you're going to the movie theater, you paid good money to go see to go see a film. You might there might be a couple films you're going to watch it. That's what you're doing. It's an event. You're going you're going out with your friends or your girlfriend or whatever to, to watch a film. You. You, you're interacting with that media in a fundamentally different way than if it's 1970 something and you're watching something on TV. You might not be paying complete rapt attention to the stuff on TV, you know, network TV. As time has gone on, that's gotten much more. I don't want to say this has gotten worse because, like, again, I'm not sure it matters. This has gotten more profound. Now people have like I do this. I do this a lot myself. I'll have crap running in the background and I'm paying 15 percent attention to it most time it'll be like a documentary about something and i'm paying you know i'll if you ask me an hour later i don't remember i don't remember half of it because it was kind of just in the background while i was doing something else that's how people interact with almost everything now and so ai music ai ai youtube television whatever stuff it's not only possible; it's, it's it's like it's probable, right? Because you can produce this this massive amount of crap that people are not really paying attention to anyway. You know, the, the, you're you're getting there. even if you're you're like people were talking in chat, like Spider Man and Elsa have a baby, or whatever. Ad, like ads are popping up in between that, so they're getting paid no matter what, no matter if the kid's paying attention or if anybody's paying attention. If it makes sense; if anybody likes it. Doesn't matter; the ads are popping up anyway.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> um, yeah. I, I want to get the stories real soon. So I just want to do a little quick bit on Stalin because I had some fun. I'm really at Stalin stuff, and Stalin's a big topic today on Twitter. And like, there's, it's just there's fun. So, um, I mean, Wait, since,
2: before we before we move sorry. on, just one, uh, uh, some someone weabu Judas you said AI is already funnier than the current Simpsons writers. Do you got? I'm sure you guys saw this. For, for a hot minute, there was this, and it might still be going right now, on, on Twitch.com, the same platform we're on, where somebody had an AI just create new episodes of Seinfeld and just stream it endlessly. Did you guys see any didn't of this? I see it. It was like, you know, a 16, like, they were like little pixel images of like, like they're walking around like little, you know, nineteen ninety pixel characters and like interacting but it's all ai generated nonsense and people were sitting there it was one of the most popular channels on twitch for a while people were just <laughs> watching that shit not not, not, not. now I, now some of them were just you know there because it's funny when it it says something weird we're
0: that much closer to out my balls
2: <laughs> yes exactly yes the idiocracy world yeah. Sorry. Anyway, so back back to Comrade Stalin. I apologize. Okay, so Stalin
0: is back in back in the news, and I just always felt like I'm the only person that's like understands this as like a story, and like this. First off, you there's like um, there's like the Stalinist guys on Twitter and stuff, and they're like Stalin was a great um, uh, was a was a great statesman, and we can read the things that he write and build a great society. I'm like you don't understand, like y- you don't get it. Like the way to understand Stalin is first off you have to read about it when you are like 15. And you read about this guy that's like um I don't know like when you when you're fighting the um a lot of people talk about that he threw his son in jail. And I heard that people said well that was cuz he was so dedicated to the to the uh communist ideology. like he threw his son in jail because uh he was one of the people that fled one of the places that Germany uh the germany was attacking and he had already and he had he had established this um it wasn't exactly no step back yet but it was he said like you cannot flee anyone that flees is gonna is gonna be killed and it, one of them was his son his wife but he threw him in jail um but uh so the thing about stalin is like you know imagine you have any problem and you have a button that says murder on it <clears throat> The, the, this is why it's such a it's such an exciting fantasy when you're like 15 years old <laughs> you're just like if anything if there's anything wrong with anything we well, just murder him you just kill him and like so and like, how does this happen well this happens because so I don't know, so Stalin didn't come from he's not like he's not like lenin or or uh, the Trotsky he was a criminal he was a he was a bank robber. He, he dropped out of school he's just a thug he, like and it's this is what's so funny is this is what happens this is what we'll see as as, as america goes on is that you have these like really bullshit systems like you know people get awarded a bazillion dollars for this or bazillion dollars for that and there's anarcho tyranny, and you have all these like sort of bizarre bizarre like uh it's, it's just it, it like when you have people like trotsky in charge of uh these things and, and it's just you know it's just this completely bizarre system of like anarcho stuff you have people like this that sort of uh like imagine putting um el chapo in charge of harvard or like he gets like a middle management job at harvard i mean he's going like these people aren't ready to deal with someone like that now they're, they're sort of like uh, because the society is is sort of well-ordered and stuff, you like these people are sort of kept out of positions like that. Generally, people who are sort of like. There are people that 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 aren't like that aren't like uh normal people. They're they're savage, and uh, I don't know if you've seen like um the other day I was uh, uh I always occasionally like to see who's been eaten in the last year, like for cannibalisms. There's always like <laughs> every couple months somewhere in the world somebody gets eaten. And normally, it's, like, the most bizarre thing in the world, except for Mexico. In Mexico, there are people that will eat you just to, like, they're not really into it. They just want to send a message. They just want to, like, you know what I'm saying?
2: Like cartels.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, like, I don't even count them. It's not like a, a German guy with a fetish or something. It's just like a... Uh, they just want to be crazy.
2: They're not doing it for the love of the game. This is a stratagem
0: for them. Right. So you put some. You put like a, a like a psychotic murderer in charge, like of all these these like dumbass poets and 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 really and people who I'm sure like uh you know I'm sure uh Trotsky would be would be better at managing a bank than, than, than Stalin because Stalin just kills people. That's what they. That's what criminals do. That's by the way. That's what they do in in the Mexico gangs. And it was even
1: more like exaggerated in the Soviet Union to some extent because the early Bolsheviks were just coffeehouse perverts, right? Yeah. And like, then you put, it would be like, here's, I mean, not quite this extreme, but imagine if Stalin went into a DSA meeting, like yeah. he would be, he would be running that shit pretty quickly. Yeah, and half of them would be
0: dead because there's like he, you know, this this is the button kill button. I was just reading about the Winter War, and like I, everybody knows, the Winter War didn't go so well. But it's like, um, hey Stalin, we did the we did our first offense. It didn't go well. It's really cold, by the way. You know, it's like forty below in the the the. You know, like the the border between Soviet Union and Finland goes up like damn near to where Santa Claus lives. I mean, it's really it's really cold, and it's the Winter War. And they're like, hey, this isn't going so well. We're trying to. It's like, oh, it's not going so well. We'll just kill everyone that that's involved in it and put people there what we'll is kill like hey well you know Stalin I'm not sure how we'll just kill him just kill him just keep kill- like and he's just like uh I don't like i and like if you're if you're like I'm a stalinist and and this isn't like part of your deal like I don't know what you're talking about, like th- th- that doesn't make sense that like uh if, if murder isn't like uh if you don't intend to murder to be your currency, then you ain't really a Stalinist. I mean, what are you talking about? All like you, you could tell, like all his sort of like communist ideology and stuff was just shit. He just made up on the moment. He's like, oh, damn, we might run out of people to murder uh, in this war with the Germans. Uh, now it's time for family values. No more abortions. <laughs> Everybody has to have ten babies. That didn't come from him reading Karl Marx. Like you don't know, like people don't understand how don't don't understand that other people don't think like they're there are people that are just effing savages they don't they don't care about any of this bullshit you know what I'm saying
2: absolutely
1: yeah well I mean this so people by the way just pick a fringe ideology if they like some of these type of people because they think they could get ahead in it you know what I mean like it's a good it's just a a method for them to like get power or jump to the front of the line or or whatever, and that's why like some of these dudes will start off with com. Well, I mean Mussolini, the original fascist, right? Start out as a communist, same like kind of idea, you know what I mean? Yeah, his, da-
0: his, his, his dad ran like a communist newspaper. and took it over for a while. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. It's, I, I just want to say that, like, if if you're not, and by the way. You're probably not like that if you're read if you're reading these, these books about guys in World War Two. You know what I'm saying? Uh, if you're like that, if you're really like Stalin, you're probably in jail.
2: <laughs> well, I mean that's the that's the the trick to revolutions, especially that one, is that suddenly moves are being made and a complete monstrous person can get power and you know. Flex that muscle and it <laughs> you know, whoops millions of people
0: are dead. Yeah, they definitely can. And I, I think, you know, some of this stuff, like um, like people like accelerationist stuff on the right. Because one thing about the situation that we are in right now is it's completely stifling. Like there is an opposite of of like of chaos. And that is just like um that the sorry, good. In that order? No, but there's like the uh What's, what's the book everyone used to uh, it's almost considered a faux pas to talk about in politics with the uh, it's like the most famous political book in the last hundred years the, um, the guy that wrote it I think he was in the Spanish Civil War Ingsoc oh
2: 1984
0: right so 1984 is like a very ordered society right
2: <laughs> you ing sock is the thing that you that you're able to pull out uh, of all that that's in, that's a deep dive that's impressive like you, you know a lot of people who talk about that book have never read it like that you yeah there you go <laughs>
0: yeah, it, it must be the pork rinds um
2: <laughs> i saw people
0: talking about it the other day they were like did you know people else? this guy was like i don't live in the south and i went to the south uh, they had this thing called pork rinds like, have
1: pork rinds aren't I, pork rinds everywhere
0: I, maybe maybe they are. They, they, it sounds like from the comments that that it is a particularly southern thing to just eat them on the reg. Hell yeah! I I mean and by the way, like I, isn't everybody trying to get rid of carbs and stuff? These yeah, no like, like,
2: yeah, yeah, they,
1: they got the huge potato. when keto became big. Yeah. yeah,
2: compare them to like potato chips, which they're kind of like people kind of eat instead of that. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, I think people are are they don't,
0: they start out with they don't get the right. I'd say start out with sweet heat or queso. They're they're they're, they're awesome.
1: They're awesome. Man, I, I'm like uh so I like original, I like the spicy flavors, I like barbecue, and I like
2: I like the salt and vinegar,
1: I gotta be honest. Hell
2: yeah. Salt and vinegar is good on everything, man.
1: Yeah. But um,
0: you know what I'm saying? There there, there is like a stifling order that can happen. Sure. And and but I we we will be in a chaotic situation. I mean, we already are in a chaotic situation. These these kinds of things are uh are already already happened. And you know, I don't know. People like someone like Stalin couldn't have come to power in the United States or or um, or, you know, Canada or something like Canada doesn't have a problem with people like Stalin. running. They might as things deteriorate or whatever, but um, they come out of a chaotic situation, but chaotic situations can also be good. You know, there's a lot of a lot of uh, libertarian guys, uh, even the good ones like Hoppe have written about that.
1: Canada's whole national identity, though, is like a ra- built around not making a fuss. You know what I mean? So I can't I can't picture Canada with a dictator.
0: One of my favorite I always quote this because I'll never forget this. Distributist was, was having like a interview debate with a guy that was like a Canadian fascist. And um <laughs> and he's like, and it was he was like, What's the game plan? Like what what are you guys gonna do? And he was like, We ain't gonna do shit. He's like, We'll never get any power in Canada. <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: If you're a Canadian fascist, your best hope—I'm not even kidding—is that America becomes fascist and then conquers your country.
0: Yes. Well, that we should close with that because I've gotten more emails that <laughs> we really need to do an episode on the Jewish civil wars because it's so it's it's just like a really perfect like lucite civil war and
2: man you st- you know you talked about this before in my opinion like you know it's, if if we talk about World War One and we say like and we in We get that wrong. Who cares? You're talking about stuff like the the, from the Bible at that point. Well, it's like just
0: after the Bible. This is like Josephus, um, and Josephus is one of the guys that wrote it. But it's just like a perfect little civil war because everybody is trying. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but it's just like a perfect civil war. It's a perfect civil war. It's a really good one.
2: Like when we're talking, you're talking about the Pharisees. I don't know. That makes me itchy. I, I don't know about that. That's that's spicy. Well, for one thing, we're going to have to chain you to the radiator and force you to get out the the uh, boss tweet. Yeah. You've been prompt, people, people, just every once in a while, I just complain about that. Like, I like do boss Brian tweet Wilson not, put, not putting out a, <laughs> yeah. an album when he, when he became schizophrenic.
0: And I could have made a boss tweet out of all the little rants I've done uh, on the side where I said, well, you know, I'm going to give you a boss tweet, but, and I fart out this boss tweet. <laughs> let's get started. Uh, let's go. Um so this I'm not gonna I'm not gonna style on this like so I did I did a tweet like a week ago where I said um we should now all of a sudden there's this bi- there's this big lady at Harvard that's saying we need to end disparate impact. Disparate impact. By the way, I searched her name talking about disparate impact and I was talking about it way before her. But <laughs> anyways, uh I don't go to Harvard, so I, it doesn't matter. But um <laughs> This one, uh, I made a tweet like a week ago where I said, we now we got to get people talking about birthright citizenship. Trump today said, now, I obviously, I don't think I had anything to do with that. It, it takes, you know. He said th- that
2: before. He said that when he was president. He was going to do that, and he never did it.
0: Yeah, so, I'm, so I mean, yeah, I, I, I get that. I, I'm not delusional. I, you know, if he says that today, that means he was talking with guys two weeks ago, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But I do want, I, when I say that, I just was all ripping that off of Fredo, and I kind of want Fredo to talk about why. Um, this is a vulnerable position uh, for the left. I mean, if you look at, by the way, go look at the tweets where they are announcing that, it's all quote tweet death threats. I mean, it's if left's is saying like, no way, no way, this is this is impossible. We will kill you if you do this.
1: So you wanted me to com- just comment on the, the legal perspective there?
0: Well, I, 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 ju- I heard from you originally that this was actually a vulnerable p- position. Oh, I, mean, yeah, I had yeah. no idea that this was, this was even possible.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a the current interpretation of like, you know, natural born citizen, I believe, is the terminology. I'm not looking for looking at it right now in front of me. What amendment has come from? uh, Yeah, 14th, right? Yeah. Uh, So the you know, the the current interpretation is a very tortured one that just came through the court system. I mean, I think it's pretty clear that the intent of that language in the amendment. that's not what it meant it meant that if you were you know if you were born of an american mother and father in other words you weren't naturalized you you follow what i mean like that was the idea of who should be an american citizen and obviously everyone knows the point was so that slaves and all of their uh descendants would you know be american citizens right like because There was, you know, there would have been a fear at that time that, that, you know, like, I don't know, they could have just all been deported or something like that uh, after the Civil War. So, you know, all that would have to happen is just it's a a court ruling saying that, no, actually, the proper interpretation of that is does not mean that – you know, you, you were just like randomly here on vacation or illegally because the actually, okay, the terminology in the amendment now, I'm, this is all coming back to me. It's been a while since I looked at this, uh, is subject to the jurisdiction thereof. I yes. believe that's the word. All
2: persons born or naturalized in the United States, comma, and subject to the jurisdictions thereof, comma, are citizens of the United States and of the state where and they reside.
1: Yeah, right. there we go and that's the subject to the jurisdiction thereof is kind of like almost been ignored. You know what I mean? Like if you, you're not subject to the jurisdiction of, you know, the state of South Carolina, just because you went to Myrtle beach on vacation. I mean, you are on some level subject to its laws while you're physically present there, but that would be a weird interpretation of what that amendment meant when it was passed. You know what I mean? uh, The more, the more, the, I think the obviously correct interpretation is if you're born to an American parent, you're an American citizen. That that seems to be the the correct interpretation and then combined with the idea that like if you were a slave, you know, you were obviously subject to the jurisdiction of the United States and, you know, you're now a citizen uh, after emancipation.
2: Some background on this, though, you know, <laughs> like everything else is also extremely cynical. Idea, which is that you know, like, okay, now we've emancipated these people. We need to immediately make them citizens so they can vote. <laughs> so they can vote for our political party. But the 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 part about the subject to the jurisdiction thereof only like, has to exist because there were large still large swaths of Indian tribes who lived within the borders of the United States who were not. Subject to their jurisdiction they weren't part of the United States they still aren't technically their their own sovereign thing, and you had to have a thing that would separate them from you know manumitted slaves and, and whatever else the the, I, the the here's the thing about the like, if you were doing an original interpretation of, of this, it's possible that they that the people who wrote it would agree with the way the the law works today. Just for a simple fact, like it would have been hard for someone in like in eighteen seventy or it was it say sixty eight, whenever this amendment passed. They didn't have ninety
0: nine dollar flights.
2: well, it's not just that, yes. It was eighteen sixty eight. it's not just that. It's like you it would be impossible to understand why would somebody want to come to the United States who had nothing. And why would you want to do that? Well, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, you, uh, the only thing you're either, you're going to come and you're going to work in a tenement slum. You're going to live in a tenement and work in a factory, and it's going to be horrible. Or if you're really lucky, you'll get some land and start like like a lot of these people who immigrated in this time period went back home because they they didn't make it in the in the USA because really there was, nobody was going to help you, nobody would give you anything. There was no NGOs to give you water and move you around and give you and give you money. None of that stuff existed. So for them, it was like, well. This is a self-regulating problem. If uh, if uh, a million people come across the border in eighteen seventy one, they're going to have to go right back because they're just going to die on the prairie. But that's not the, that's not the case anymore. It's not how it works now. So yep. I mean, like the originalist interpretation might be that the law as it stands is correct but I mean I don't I, I, I don't know I, don't do you, I mean
1: do this. you do you think they would have felt that I mean I'll give you an example that like uh there were diplomats back diplomats. then. Do you, th- do you think that the children of they would have thought the children of a diplomat would have uh should have been a. US citizen
2: no 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 what I'm saying is they might not have cared about unlimited immigration now they that's they I mean they might not have a lot of them would and like we know this because they specifically Talked about it a lot in the context of the uh, the Ellis Island waves and whether or not the Mexican cessation should be part of the United States. So yeah, like most of them did care about that. But I'm just saying they might not have considered this concept a nightmare the way we do because they lived in a completely different world. He's talking about
0: social programs,
2: right? It's like like there's you, you if you can if you can get into this country, people will give you free shit, lots of free shit. Yeah. That just didn't exist before, and there was a lot less. There was a lot less reason to come here. The reason really you come here was because you lived in really terrible circumstances, and you could work in the same way that like you know illegals work today. But the difference is, you there was no George Soros guy paying uh, paying for your rent. It was no Section Eight housing. You were living in the absolute worst conditions.
0: Yeah, the best, the funny version of this is, um, uh, my backup plan for life is. Uh, if things don't go well, I'll just go commit armed robbery in Norway and turn myself down. Because <laughs> yeah. life in a Norwegian prison is better than a lot of places in the world, and you don't, you know, it doesn't. It's free. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can be anybody in the world. You can go to Norwegian prison. It'd be awesome. There, that, that sort of incentive doesn't exist during like the Great Great Depression or something like that.
2: But the important thing is what Fred is saying is you can just the magic of legal interpretation you can say actually it because it says uh, the jurisdiction thereof only people who are actually American citizens having a kid makes that kid a citizen and you could just do that tomorrow the Supreme Court could do that tomorrow and suddenly- and really
1: I mean you could do it by executive order uh, to the, you know to the Ooh. to DHS now yeah. you'd get sued immediately but that's what you want right well, to get well- it in front of a court.
0: I was going to ask you how how do you even get this in front of a in front of the Supreme Court? I guess yeah. you just answered. He could have
2: that. done this. He, he talked about that. He never did it. He could have done this at any point in time. He never did it. So like when him him saying he's going to do it again, I don't. Who cares? He said he was going to do it last time. He had the power to do it. He maybe he you know looking back, perhaps he should have done that instead of you know in, uh, thinking up a new platinum plan or whatever.
1: Yeah. But it's, I mean, to answer your question though, it would be an executive order directing ice to no longer consider those people citizens. They would probably, so you would probably, I mean, if you wanted to be successful in court, you would have to do it on a go forward basis, right? Like you couldn't be like, Oh, well, you know, going all the way back, you know, 30 years or something like that. It's just, it's not going to, that's just not going to fly, but you did it on a go forward basis. Uh, yeah, I mean the NGOs would sue you right away, and you would get probably pretty expedited review up to the Supreme Court level, and there you go.
2: Do you think this court would rule would rule that way?
1: Well, let's think about it. I mean, I think Clarence Thomas would. Yeah, I think that would. What's up?
2: Alito too.
1: Yeah, I think Alito would as well. Past there is where it gets kind of janky. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, uh, the women aren't going to vote for that. Uh, and then, you know, you're looking at uh, Roberts, Kavanaugh, let's, Gorsuch. What, who, Gorsuch. Yeah. Who am I leaving out? I'm leaving out one.
2: Right. That's it, right? Because it, it, it's it's Alito, Thomas, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and then Barrett was
1: one of the Trump. Oh, yeah. Barrett. Sorry. Okay, yeah. So when I was saying the women, I was thinking of the three liberal women. So yeah, Barrett. So well, yeah, you I, I, want, thought, you, I don't
2: think she would either. Though I don't think Barrett would.
1: either. It's, tr- it's tricky. Barrett might be one of like the you know there is like a a, 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 a movement's not the right word. There's like an undercurrent that within what uh, I'm going to do the bog beef thing. Who's the guy who wants <laughs> like the American Catholic Empire guy at Georgetown or whatever, For whoever he is. Yeah, like, she might not be on, like, that vermule type thing. You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know how that all plays out. She's got a
2: bunch, that of, like, she a bunch of Haitian kids, too. She, she does. Doesn't.
1: Yeah, 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 she so does. She, no, she's not going to do
0: that. <laughs> I'm trying to trying to figure out if, if she's a deus-volt Catholic <laughs> or, or liberation theology Catholic.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there you go. But, I mean, so if you put all the women on one side, that's four. So you would need to get all the, all the fellas, so Robert, to speak.
2: Robert ain't going to do it. By yeah, the way, I I, I look, don't know if
1: you could get all the fellas.
0: By the way, Trump gave that guy of job. Who? Vermeule. Oh,
2: yeah. Well,
0: like, he's shitting all over him. Um, but uh, anyways, um, so I don't know. It's it's uh, hopefully maybe both both guys can sort of step up and say this would be a be a thing to do. Um, which is sort of the idea. By the way, I mean, uh, if we get. If we get into blow by blow on this, I don't know who brought this to my attention. I think it was Merrick. Merrick was like, you know, we got seven more months of this primary. Yeah,
2: I, I've been I've been saying that over and over. I've been saying to people in real life too. Like they'll get excited about like you know you understand it's seven months until the first the first primary vote. Oh, not, not even like you know, not even Super Tuesday. We're talking about to the first chance that you get the weigh in. us. maybe these motherfuckers ought to pace themselves a little bit because they're getting buck wild. Oh
0: uh, yeah, already. I saw the um the first one where I was like, man, maybe I should sort of lean out of this a little bit was uh Loomer posted that uh DeSantis' wife faked having cancer. I was like, no, that's normal. It's kind of normal for an older age. We haven't had that kind of like just blood sports politics in a minute, have we?
1: Well, Trump's first Trump, run. Yeah, Trump's first run around, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was talking I mean, about he people's wives and stuff. Is, Ted Cruz's dad could kill Kennedy.
0: <laughs> yeah so i mean I, well, I don't know maybe in a primary or something but i was like so th- that's that i mean that didn't shock me that's politics stuff but like i mean <laughs> you know you want to save that one for the for the for two weeks out or something like that
2: yeah well uh, laura uh, laura loomer is a very special person what's the name of that wax museum in the big one in dc that everybody goes to madam something right
1: oh did not in paris Two Solids.
2: oh yeah but there's one in there's one in in uh like other also cities i guess dc yeah and yeah she, she she looks like she just walked right right out of one of those and I'm, I'm, i don't understand what that is that's uh is that like foundation or something like that i, I don't We we need we need a woman's uh opinion on this to, to finally understand like why does her face look like that
1: i mean it's surgery isn't it is it yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty sure people have shown like old photos and it's it's usually that look happens when you're, I mean, I'm an ethnic, so I can say this. When you're an ethnic, and instead of embracing it, you want to look not ethnic, that doesn't go well for you. Like, that's, that's a bad direction, and you end up looking like that.
0: Yeah. Um, this is something that, that um, you ever see that guy that tried to uh, change his race to Korean? Yeah. It's easier make a guy look like a woman than make somebody look like a different
1: race. I mean, it's just like, you're just like completely di- like, uh, yeah. Like I should not try to look not Italian. That would not go well. Like there's no way. I mean, I don't, my, my take on plastic surgery is this. You should not do like anything to your face. Like I'm not crazy about it in general, but your face is like, uh, it's just it's like, too big. Of, yeah, exactly. It's too big of, of a thing in terms of like who you are. I guess I there are probably some exceptions I would have to that like in extreme examples like if you have a cleft palate or something, but like beyond that, you know, you shouldn't do things to your face. That's when stuff really goes awry.
2: Bog Beef, you nailed this with it that little like the line you laid out that one time, and I think about it every time I see somebody with bad plastic surgery. Now, or you see like some people would rather look ugly than look old, right? Or or you know, and you could replace old yeah. with whatever they would rather look like a freak than look like. You know, whatever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, that's what it always is. Um, yeah. It also makes me think of there's this sort of, uh, the thing with Mr. Beast that there's sort of like people's look <laughs> in place and time. Like, um, you know, you know, uh, getting back to German World War II tanks, German World War Two tanks are really small. And, uh, the thing is, that wasn't a problem when you're dealing with people that came out of the depression in Germany. Uh, they're, they're not tall people. And then you have like, um, People like Mr. Beast, some whatever is going on with his face. You see people like that now, but the people, whatever, ha, whatever's going on with that, it's not genetic. It, it's like it's whatever material conditions,
2: environmental,
0: right? And then the and the the other big one is that there's people you don't see pockmarked people anymore, especially I mean especially like celebrities and stuff because of I'm guessing because of Accutane or whatever.
1: I assume just like Accutane, better makeup combination of. <laughs> stuff i don't know uh,
2: I, gotta, I gotta do a bog too who was the guy that was in the uh the the movie the mozart movie he was salieri he w- he was like the most famous actor with the with the big pockmarks ever right uh, what about the bad guy in cobra i gotta yeah. make a run for a drink yep yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, pork has got me I, I wouldn't i wouldn't say that he was quite on the same level as as uh, you know uh, the guy from amadeus damn i can't remember his name now He's, he's,
1: I could picture him. I just don't know the name. I, got, we, I actually had to watch that movie in high school, uh, like really for school, for school. yeah. Well, not, so not, I remember. not
2: Edward James almost, though. Although, another great one, gr- uh, great, like, especially when he's young and like Blade Runner, you can really see the
1: Danny pock- Trejo has got the pockmarked face, but that's because he's a bad guy. He's, I saw an interview with him once where he was like, when he got rich, he asked his wife, he's like, should I go get my face cleaned up? Meaning, like, should he have, like, you know surgery to have his like marks taken care of and his wife was like are you crazy that ugly mug is what gets us paid he's like you got to keep that forever f murray
2: abraham was the guy from amadeus
1: by the way stalin's faces was, was
0: pockmarked and they always um because he got it from smallpox, which that's another one that's of course i don't think people have that anymore but uh they would always they would clean him up
2: just growing a beard oh, oh yeah they were good at that they like the airbrushing people out of his photos yeah. Uh, yeah. It, you know, so it, it's, it was kind of a—it was kind of a slow news week. Aside from the president of the United States su- supporting your movement to get rid of birthright citizenship, which you know, by the way, it's nice feather in your cap. Uh, another thing happened. Kevin Cave, the McCarthy savaged over a debt ceiling deal. I'm not even going to read this because we told you this is going to happen. Kevin, like they—they they the Republicans passed a fake bill that they had no intention of ever actually sticking to. The, the previous one it was kind of, you know, had spending cuts and stuff in it. They passed that, the president said he was not going to negotiate. McCarthy said he was not going to negotiate. They negotiated and basically they passed a, a what is effectively just raising the debt ceiling with no with no like contingencies at all. Like they're they're raising defense spending. They have a, a, a spending freeze for the rest of the stuff until 2025, until the next until the next house comes in. It was nothing. Anybody who got worked up about this, you shouldn't have. We told you this is going to happen on this show. Twice. One time it didn't make it into the Patreon episode, but if you were watching the stream, you know. This is what was going to happen. Anybody having any, anything to say about this? Yeah, I
1: didn't no, so. I mean you covered it, man. It was very, very obvious.
2: <laughs> well, it is obvious, but people were really sweating about this stuff for weeks, and I just I couldn't understand why. Like, why, why, why do you care? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about. It. They're not. They're not the. If there was, if when as soon as Kevin McCarthy won the leadership spot, you knew nothing like this was ever going to happen. There might be somebody who, if he was Speaker of the House, would have actually stuck to their guns and and done this, but he ain't that guy. That's. The there were, there, were there was
1: a there were a lot of the doomer set too was really fixed on this. They were like, "That's it. This time, it's really happening." But like, as if this doesn't happen, like, I don't know. When do we? How often do we have a debt ceiling standoff that goes nowhere every two three years?
2: Yeah, and then we, we we had a big one in 2011, and we had that actually was bigger than this. It actually led to. Uh, there was a multi.
1: Su- there was a pretty long shutdown. I remember that one. Yeah. yeah like the national parks were closed and everything.
2: Yeah. You know what? what I, I, I don't, I don't criticize him too much for this, honestly, because if you have a narrow majority and you don't have the Senate, you know, whatever. And you say, I'm just going to pass a, a, a I'm going to just pass it. That's I, you know, whatever this, for, for me, this is the least of, of McCarthy's sins, but it is a sin. And you should have known he was going to do this because he's cra- He's a crappy leader.
0: Should we do Rick's Rick's auto repa- Rick's repair shop?
2: Rick's repair shop.
1: Oh, oh yeah! Be, be careful! This, this is Patreon and Twitch or whatever.
0: Well, I have I have spent years like a like a uh, like a samurai training my uh, you know I don't I'm all R slur F slur uh, G <laughs> slur now I I sort of train myself so I'm no problem. I'm ready for primetime. And so uh, (laughs) somebody that's big shy of the DNC, communications for Florida House Dems. That, you know, a little bit, part of me feels for him because we talk about this whenever we talk about um, the California Republican Party. Like imagine being (laughs) in the California Republican Party, like one of the top guys or whatever. You know, it's like tomorrow, like I don't know anything, like tomorrow probably won't be a W for him. And probably the next day won't be either. You know what I mean?
2: Won't be W for the guy trying to get Rick fired.
0: No, for for if you're in the if you're a uh, in the the California Republican Party.
2: Yeah, yeah, they don't. They never get Ws, right?
0: Right. So it's it's a t- like and I, that by the way, I mean that, you're you the know. Washington
2: Generals of politics.
0: <laughs> right. So this guy, you know, he's he's in the Washington Generals uh, for the Democrat Party. He's head of communication for the Florida House Dems. <laughs> It's like, you know, he's probably it's not having a great day. Like, tomorrow is going to be a losing day, and the day after that is going to be a losing day. So, anyways, um, uh, he was driving by uh, in Tallahassee, Florida. I've spent some time in Tallahassee, Florida.
2: It's capital, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, presumably that's why he's there, because I think when he says Florida House, I assume that means the state house, not not the House delegation.
0: Oh, I responded. I said, uh, how long did you live in before you, before you went to college? And um, yeah, he didn't, of course. Uh because he's talking mm-hmm. about the community. You know, he said the com- he said the uh, the Riggs repair shop is covered in Trump, is covered in Trump flags and Confederate flags and stuff like that. And uh it's a it's a mechanic shop. Uh they probably got reasonable prices. Yeah. And um outside it says veterans, veterans get a day. Anyways, he had a sign, and he's trying to get a people movement started up to do something about Rick. It says, veterans get a day. F-slurs and chomos get a month. Why?
2: (laughs) The why at the end is really why is is the best part.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's just a a nice story because, like, you know, you can't do this in in England anymore. No, you literally go to jail. You'll go to jail. I mean, so now, you know, they're going to, like, I don't like. The thing is, there's no legal case against Rick, right?
2: No, I mean, I guess there could be. If some states might have hate speech laws, no,
1: they can't. I mean, it's it's pretty clear that that's not constitutional to try to implement that. So no, he's fine.
0: Yeah. So I mean, regardless of how you feel about the story, and maybe you want to, uh, maybe you want to, you're against Rick or whatever. But
2: just remember, this is the only country where uh, we could even have this conversation. There's a lot of debates about the First Amendment and stuff. And, like, yeah, it's true, you know, the piece of paper doesn't protect you. But the piece of paper is a symbol of the uh, the idea that it's, like, essential essential quality of the American people. You know what I mean? Like, this is just a way... It, people have ways they certain ways they behave, right? Germans are a certain way. British people are a certain way. French people are a certain way. One of the things about being an American is like free speech is a cultural attribute it's not just this the law now you could say that's going away and it, and it doesn't necessarily have to stick around forever like we do strongly believe you should be able to do this right at the point we're at right now so like you know
0: maybe if, like so right now if he was to if you go to someone else's property and you were to deface a uh, pride flag which people have gone to jail for this That would not be considered hate speech. And, you know, if someone came and defaced Rick's sign, they probably wouldn't go to jail. So, you know, that's the kind of stuff where people talk about, but, you know, Rick, Rick Rick could do this. Rick, Rick could do this. And I don't know. It's, um, the state's not involved. There's just, there's people on Twitter. that are saying Rick's bad. And Rick is saying his mind.
2: That's just kind of a, you know, we live in the greatest country on earth. Yeah. Gringo Texan. Put this very well. Clearly stating your cultural values prevents them from being easily subverted. Yes. And you see this this is why they squeal at, at people saying what Rick is saying. If you say you know, eh, no, nah, actually I don't like LGBT <laughs> stuff. That's a problem because if you say that then you, 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 like, if you don't, if that's left unspoken and this is this is like a huge problem with a lot of things in our country over the last yes. 20, 20, 30 years. It's that like we to be polite. We just didn't say certain things about certain people. We just you just didn't. You don't you don't bring it up. It's not nice. But when you don't do that, what happens is the people who lie and make up bullshit they're the only ones who, who are putting anything on the record. So people believe it. They can you can come to crazy ideas about human behavior, about sexuality, about crime, about whatever, because you're the only game in town. The other people are afraid. To, and you know this is unfortunately this isn't changing. There's a you know Ted Cruz put out a tweet what, today or yesterday saying like you know there was a anti he had a, a gay, anti-gay law in Uganda that has to be stopped and he hashtagged it with LGBT like you're you're one of the big shot social conservative Republicans right that's in theory who you are but you're like you're it's really important you to protect LGBT values well you know what are you even doing at that point Yeah and by
0: the way around the world. Which, I mean, so this is something that the United States is taking L after L on this. I know people don't believe Mm. this, but there is a international realignment that is going on right now uh, with China, uh, Iran, Russia, and all these countries are, they're tired. If if you You look at me with that gay shit, is what they're saying. (laughs) If you look at, if, if you imagine yourself as Erdogan and your interactions with the United States, you can understand why these countries are like, why? What's the point of this? See, the thing is in old times, this sort of standard, because the thing about international relations is that like the idea is that you don't live in that country. Right. So I don't live in Uganda. So like whatever's going on in Uganda is important to me as far as like how it affects me. Two a certain extent there's always a, there's always like if you, people in Uganda start, do it, start doing things that were completely outside of the bounds of history and stuff like let's say in Uganda they started eating people or they start eating kids back on eating people e- they start eating kids or something well you know we, you could say hey this you can't do that like uh, that that's that's a little too far however this is sort of like if things that are just sort of in the span of things like um, uh, I mean uh, you know the biggest example here is uh, tell me one of you people uh, want to uh, go to war with Japan over eating them whales. You don't, you don't, you don't like them eating whales, but you don't live in Japan and you kind of, and you know, Japan, Japan needs, just needs to keep pumping out that uh, tentacle porn and sushi. <laughs> and you're like, whatever goes on in
1: Japan is not, not that important to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they also do enough. Pr- I mean, I don't know. I don't want to go on a tangent. I it don't bother me that Iceland and Japan do whaling because, like, they're not doing it in a way it's going to make them extinct, so it's fine. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> so the thing is, like, you don't live there, and so like this is remember, this is different. It's different than talking about where you live because you don't live in this place. So the things that like piss you off about if Uganda says, you know what, we're gonna we're not going to sell our batteries to United States anymore, then you go, this is an outrage. How dare you? We might need a regime change, you guys. But when you say, like, hey, well, you're, um, oh, you guys are the wrong religion over there. Or you, you're in, uh, you know, you're like, that's like, um, what are you getting out of this? Like, how, how does this relationship work? You better be offering them a lot. You better be offering them a lot. And I think a lot of these countries are saying, like, the United States' is foreign policy doesn't make sense. Now, I know that there's there's like a long-game version of this, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I, I I don't it's a religious
2: know religious war. That's what it is, and like, and by exporting this, they make themselves stronger domestically too. Well, and the I, question is, why is Ted Cruz taking part in it? I mean, we know the answer to that. It's the same thing as Mike McCarthy because they're uniparty cowards and they don't believe in anything. I heard someone say
0: this is a long game thing because um, uh, homosexuals will be. Foot soldiers are automatically uh aligned with the, the Western government. All I gotta say is uh, you ever heard of Ernst Rome? Not
1: automatically. It's, it's not automatically, you know what I'm saying? Merrick, you're wrong about one thing. You said that like Ted Cruz doesn't believe in anything. He yeah, he, he does. He actually believes in he went to Harvard. So he believes in all the same stuff that <laughs> people that go to Harvard believe in, which Man, is that point.
0: yeah. Ted Cruz, I think, bothers people a lot because you know he can be suave when he wants he can be not suave he can be persuasive uh guy when he wants to be you know what i mean
2: well yeah it was his job he was a big shot lawyer
1: yeah and and specifically an appellate lawyer
2: yeah
0: yeah well i mean like top tier you know a really really uh uh, persuasive guy i didn't know that so he was like courtroom guy
2: he argued before the supreme court didn't he
0: wow so yeah Uh, oh
2: yeah uh sorry by the way I i almost forgot uh 1024 24 minutes past the hour we got a we got a wreck east on santa monica back all the way up the harbor freeway
0: speaking of which gotcha. uh there was a traffic there was a great story uh it's it's not great for radio but uh today uh there was a car chase or something uh on the florida georgia line and someone you ever see in movies where they hit <laughs> they hit the ramp they hit the uh there's a like a certain kind of trailer that carries a lot of cars and trucks and it has this sort of deep ramp on the back. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean, yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> you know, some bitch looking at her phone or something. Uh, <laughs> they hit the ramp perfect. They hit the ramp perfect. They hit a ramp, one of these ramps perfect. Like a has uh, hazard jump yes, perfect. <laughs> yes, it's incredible. It's cr- incredible um yeah so i don't know it's bad it's not good radio but yeah so we got five minutes left um was the other stories oh we should talk about um so something to finish up something we've been talking about you talking about when people sort of forget things and over time. like there's a great story that the biggest tweet of this week i think should be helen andrews has been doing these tweets about um these sort of Books that law schools are, are promoting for women that sort of say how women should sort of approach the legal profession. Have you seen these? Yeah, unfortunately, yes, right. And they all, they all sort of uh, they basically tell you, like, look, like, rule of law is just some bullshit or whatever, just you have no, there's no, there's no, like, it's basically saying just do anything to get ahead, there's no such thing as honor or 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 right and wrong just do anything you can to get ahead bubble
1: or up. or or objectivity or impartiality or all these things that are supposed to be cornerstones of the law right
0: right and so what's like like what happens with this stuff and I know a lot of leftists think about this is that the people that write that they didn't really believe that when they wrote that they were I mean you know they wanted they want progressive things to happen and stuff like that but um they still would sort of have weird feelings about sort of making moves like that. do you know what I mean the what happens is the first generation of people is like, well, what if we did this? What if we did this and, and it's and there's a kind of a wink and a nod and and it's not really exactly a hundred percent telling the truth and it's a little puff a little puffing
2: out your chest and they're just staking out the edges.
1: that's all they're doing. you know what I mean Right. What,
2: it's simpler than that. Like, if you were, let's say you were a boxer, and uh, you put a, a uh, if we're going to do like a Looney Tunes thing, you put a horseshoe in your glove, right? You you do that because you want that competitive advantage. You don't want everybody to put horseshoes in their gloves. That would make things worse for everybody. And this is what this would do. What they wanted was to say, here's an excuse for us to behave morally, and we're we're laying this out as is actually moral so we can feel good about it. But yeah, they didn't want they didn't want everything to be like this. But the problem is once you once you pop that once you you know open that up, you open Pandora's box and everybody behaves this way, it life sucks. Right. Because there's because everything is completely arbitrary. The literally the rule of law is over. There's like there's no conception of the west without rule of law. It can't exist. Well, I'm sorry. It can exist as like as like frontiers, like we've had in America in the past. But that's definitely not not the way people want to live currently.
0: Oh, world of Gore. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, I've always we've always had this thing that's like the the secret memo problem. And the secret memo problem is this: is that lots and lots of leftist stuff because the arrangement of their coalition is is like, well, we're gonna we're going to do this vanguardist action, right? So we're going to, we're going to, um, this, and there's a wink and a nod and things that are sort of like understood under the table. But the problem is that that goes away quickly. And like these people in this, this, these women that were being article that were in this article, they don't know all the stuff that Mark Hughes knew and stuff. So if you tell them this stuff, Uh, they're not going to, they don't, by the way, they just don't know all those winking and odd and, and, and all that kind of stuff. They're just going to accept this, uh, as it is, there's nothing to stop them. There's like, the thing is Mark Hughes sort of got like an ordinary education where he was taught these, these, these sort of basic conservative, basic values and stuff that a lot of people had, but, the people that are going to get this, they didn't have that included right. in the things.
2: because what Marcuse is saying is, hear me right down in all these words, and this explains to you why I should be outside of the rules, and you should give me power, and I should rule over the thing that you've made, and we'll just keep it the way it is right now. It's like, we're going like, to, you know, we're uh, the republic, but you're going to make me king, and I'm going to rule through fiat, but you're, we're still going to st- be the exact same place, which is literally impossible. It's kind of like in, it's kind of like an open marriage right like you yeah. you can you can have something called an open relationship but it's not the same thing once you once you do that you're not doing you're not involved in the same behavior you don't have the same relationship between each other that you did before and in and, and the and the results for what they like you know the, the Marquise ideas and what these women are saying are the same what what these these all everyone's articles had these little uh, these women who went to Law school and like they repeated their new religion and like it was like it was a it was like a she was a, um, a summa cum laude or whatever at the Princeton whatever whatever law school it was she's like oh yeah I don't really care. we don't really need to focus on the rule of law we need to just figure out ways to make sure that our political party wins every election through the law and you know you 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 can behave this way and they're going to because this is how they were taught and. They don't, they don't understand the consequences of that, and, and uh, I mean, like the you,
0: consequences you, are people like Stalin. By the way,
2: well, there's a lot of differences. You you can look at one today, and we talk. We, this comes up every week because you know whatever Walgreens leaves San Francisco, whatever when they when they functionally made stealing legal, they had a lot of good reasons to do that politically, but. None of them accepted that the consequence of that would be you're not going to be able to buy stuff in, in in neighborhoods in San Francisco anymore. That they're going to all leave, and you're you're going to have to leave your trunk open so your car doesn't get smashed into pieces and all right. this crap. They you got to it.
0: Do you think you got this thing? It's like, do you think it's really a big deal that the man in this video is walking out of that store with some shampoo and candy bars? Like, is that a reason to sort of enact policy and stuff? But it's like well you know that that's the same thing you know what i mean like of course no but but it that's not how things work What
2: they think is what what they legitimately think is what's going to happen is that like i said none of the rules are going to apply to any of the people in my political coalition especially not to me we're going to do whatever we want but we're going to have you know the the there's going to be a freeze frame and we're going to continue living in 1992 and we're going to have the same standard of living and all this stuff. It's all going to be the same, but we're going to cheat while we're doing it. And you just obviously that doesn't work. And if you're like if you're a, if you're a mature a mature adult person, you'd understand that. Like if you don't if you don't you know if you don't wash the dishes in your house, you're going to get uh, you're going to get E. coli, right?
0: Right. People adjust the situation. I know there's a lot of talk of like um you know like all the the pickup artist stuff from like the two thousands and shit. Yeah. You know, if you try that now, like uh, all these, people, everybody's heard of this stuff, right? <laughs> you know, like uh, people sort of adjusted that re- to that reality. It's sort yeah. of like uh, the United States is going to bring our military, and we're going to bring uh, bombs and and and, and planes and, and tanks and stuff. It's like, well, you know, actually, we'll just do guerrilla fighting. Uh,
2: there's a, a second aspect to this, and no one really likes to talk about it, but I'll bring it up because Lord Glob. He actually Sir Glob. You're
0: on borrowed time, by the way.
2: Yeah, I know. Sir Glob, in his you know, book "The Fate of Empires," I've, I've, I love this. I love this. It's a little book. Every, you should read it. It's barely even a book. It's almost like a pamphlet. He just lays this out, and he says that one of the signs that like you're in the the, the late stage of decadence and you're going down, you're going down that you're wearing the silk slippers on the stairs down, is that women suddenly have all this political power they didn't have before and and he's and not because constitutionally a woman can't do these jobs just like that doesn't happen in places where like your cultures making moves and it's expanding that's not a thing that ever happens never never in history of the world we are we are in the middle of an experiment that so would be so crazy to everybody who existed in human history before now it would have been like a joke and so like the question is can you have a legal profession that's majority female? That's what the he- question Helen Andrews asked. She said, basically, you're not going to recognize the law after this is over because it's just going to be something totally different than it has existed you know, f- in in Western history up until now.
0: Yeah, Carl Shea makes a great point. I always think about uh, the documentary series War. Uh, he's sort of watching women do basic training, and Gwen Dyer, who's a pretty liberal-ass guy, uh, says – you know, uh, almost every in every major war, there have been women and young boys and old men, sort of put, put in the military. But um, it it it's a thing, but it doesn't happen when you're doing good.
2: No, it happens <laughs> you know I mean? Right? It happens right before the end.
0: Yeah. It happens when KV ones are are uh, are 15 miles outside of Berlin. Yeah, when you, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, you can't you can't say, well, this is fact because this is how it's always been because things do change you know there's the agricultural revolution whatever you, things do change there's the pill yes the, the it could we could have entered if, if you go by the, like the the dominant process of thought in the world today it's that we've ascended to a new level where like uh, the sex these sexes are the same and whatever and
0: in the, the words of james Lindsay, we're in the second enlightenment
2: right so maybe but on the other hand, I don't know. Things don't seem to be going great. And I, 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 I don't know. You would wonder if you hooked, if you hooked that girl, the, the girl who was the uh, – <laughs> she graduated with honors and she was given the commencement speech. You hooked her up to a lie detector test and you're like, do you really want to be a judge? And I don't mean like do you want to use, have, have political power that you can use to rule on behalf of the Democratic Party. Do you want to do this job? And If you explain to her what the job of a judge or a lawyer really is, do you want to do that? Do you think that she that she would want to? I don't think that she would. <laughs> I'm sorry, but, I, I've got it. Um, in World War II,
0: uh, things are <clears throat> not going amazing, and uh, Himmler, who's kind of a nerd, is begging like, "You got to make me a, a general. I want to be a general. I want to lead men in combat." And Hitler makes him a general. And like three hours into it, he's like, "This sucks." He's like, "You have to, you have to like, uh, you know, there's a lot like, it, 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 but you don't just sit around like, like, um, uh, you know, just sort of bar Like, it, there's a lot of work in being a general. It's not
2: an easy job at all. <laughs> yeah, and when you're losing a war, like if uh, if if you looked at it, like this American Civil War." The turnover that Confederate generals have because they got killed on the battlefield was huge compared to the North, and like the same way in, in a lot of in a lot of World War II, like German, there were German generals getting popped off constantly.
0: Oh man, the the best part I was watching about the the des uh we call it the desert war Africa Africa campaign yeah and, um, torch they were interviewing a guy that was a tank. Uh, it was a tank commander for the Germans, and um. And by the way, up at this point, they they're just slaughtering the Americans. Uh, and he they said like so they're talking about this battle. And he said and they read about each of these battles. He says this battle. He said what what orders did you get from Rommel? So the only orders he gave us was follow me, and he drove his tank at the very front. I was like, oh, that's bad. That was bad. You know, that, it's like, that's like it's Homeric, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. You got one order: follow me.
2: Yeah, that's the thing, you know, war doesn't wasn't work that way anymore. I was
0: very much enjoying this, and then I was like, oh, yeah, uh, Rommel's going to fight Patton. Rommel's going to fight Patton, and he doesn't. Uh, he, his, his tank gets, uh, Rommel's tank gets hit, like, uh, and they get him out of there before, uh, like, in a battle before he would have met Patton. We were sort of robbed, most epic showdown.
2: You know I'm saying? Hector and Achilles. Yeah. Hell yeah.
0: Yeah. We didn't get it. Yeah. I know Fredo said, um, if you want to get out of the, uh, if you want to get on the injunction against the pistol brace rule, you can donate to the national firearms policy thing, which I would do, but, uh, I've already, I've already uh, done my thing. I've already turned, I already, uh, turning my stuff for the free, for the, uh, for the free one, free, uh, short barrel rifle.
1: Yeah, the, the short story on that is the current injunction, uh, which is t- temporary still, but applies Thank to all... Thank God
0: we got an injunction finally.
1: Yeah, but it, it big, covers... The, big props to those guys. It covers... It for sure. It covers all members of the FPC. So what the FPC did after the injunction was issued in that way was they opened up the, it's, their membership to anyone <laughs> who donates $20 or more. Oh,
2: based.
0: So no... Where's the NRA on this? Are they, are they connected to the NRA?
1: No, uh, they're more rad. They're one of the more radical is not the right word. Cause like, it's not, I'm not like an anti NRA person. Like some people are like that. They're like, Oh, you know, the NRA doesn't go far enough. All these organizations sort of serve their purpose. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, right. the, I like NRA the NRA does the more moderate stuff, you know, organizations like two AF do the more defend the more extreme stuff. Yeah. Right. Like these they're they all serve a role and they're all important, yeah.
0: Whenever people go really, really far with the NRA hate, I get the impression they're a Democrat that doesn't want them donating money to Republicans,
1: yeah. That's a, that's actually a good point. That's probably <laughs> part of it, or they're just like an anarchist or something and they don't like that the NRA plays in the system, you know, which is stupid,
0: yeah. But yeah, that's it. Um, uh, that's it, guys. Merrick's on in the doghouse, so. We got a short show tonight.
2: Good night, everybody.
1: Have a good night, everybody.
0: Making their way the only way they know how.
1: That's just a little bit more than the level of life.